Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. In Matthew chapter 18, the disciples asked the Lord Jesus, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of the heavens? What would our answer be? The one who has the power to heal? Or the gifted preacher? Well, the Lord Jesus answered the question in this way, starting at verse 2. And he called a little child to him and stood him in their midst. Then verse 4, He therefore who will humble himself like this little child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of the heavens. Ron Kangas is here with us again as we'll explore the Lord's response to this very important question. Thank you for being here, Ron. It's always a privilege and a delight to coordinate in fellowship with this ministry. Ron, we've had a detailed doctrinal presentation so far in the life study of Matthew, and we've covered the constitution of the kingdom. And then in the last couple of weeks, we've also had a tremendous prophetic section that unveiled the mysteries of the kingdom. Now we come to three chapters, 18, 19, and 20, that are absolutely practical. Tell us briefly about the nature of these three chapters and what we'll be looking at for the next few programs. There is a central thought or a particular subject that runs through these three chapters, 18, 19, and 20. And this thought or this subject, topic, concerns the relationships in the kingdom of the heavens, meaning the relationships with other believers. And we know from Matthew 18 that the context of this is the church life. And we need to be impressed that to live in the kingdom is not an individualistic matter. It's not even an individual matter in the sense of someone living alone with the Lord, trying to be pure in heart and poor in spirit and hungry and thirsty for righteousness. This is a corporate living in an actual, practical, genuine local church with all kinds of human beings who have been redeemed and regenerated and brought into the church life. And if we are to live in the reality and practicality of the kingdom, we need to know and live out and apply the Lord's teaching here concerning relationships in the kingdom. 
The Lord indicated in another place that when we are praying, we have to forgive anyone who may have offended us or bothered us. If we do not forgive, then with respect to our fellowship with the Lord, God the Father will not forgive us. And we'll see eventually that forgiveness is a crucial matter in our corporate living of the kingdom with so many different kinds of believers. So we need these practical matters because how we relate to one another, whether or not we are proud, whether or not we can forgive offenses and forget them, these kind of things will have a tremendous effect on our kingdom life now, and in certain instances will be determinative factors at the judgment seat of Christ concerning whether or not we will receive the reward of reigning with Christ during the millennial kingdom. So these are crucial, these are important, and we need to consider them according to the pure word of God properly opened by this ministry. Well, Ron, our relationships with people will play a major role in determining our standing in the kingdom, and we're going to see that in these three chapters, particularly five separate negative things that reside in all of us that are going to be brought out, looked at, developed, and hopefully dealt with in a very healthy and positive way before we're done. So let's join Witness Lee as we get into these five items affecting our relationships in the kingdom. Matthew 18, 19, and 20. These three chapters are a portion that deals thoroughly with five things. Pride, dispositional anger, lust, riches, and ambition. All these are within us. If we would get into the depths of these three chapters, we surely would be touched. You will see you are a person full of pride. And you are a person with a kind of anger, hidden in your disposition. Regardless how much you can be patient, regardless how much you can endure, that anger is still deeply rooted in your disposition. And this is the very factor that you wouldn't forgive others. And then the lust, and then the riches, then lastly, the ambition. In the kingdom, there is the problem of possession. You cannot be the kingdom people by yourself. By yourself, that is not a kingdom, that is individuality. This is the reason that Matthew added the three chapters. How could we keep the togetherness among us? To be in the kingdom, to have the proper togetherness, we must uh-huh, take care of these five kinds of what? Pests. 
when you need some pest control. I tell you, these five things, pride, dispositional anger, the lust, the wealth, and the ambition. Matthew, under inspiration, he picked up all these few cases and put them together in one section of his writing to tell us if we are going to be a good one in the kingdom. We have to take care of this thing. Well, Ron, this seems to be a pretty accurate diagnosis of the inward condition of nearly all who have a heart for God, but nonetheless struggle with the flesh, pride, hidden anger, lust, the desire for riches, and ambition. These are things we are all frustrated by, aren't they? Yes, we can say frustrated, But if it's okay, I'd like to be a little stronger. We are deeply troubled. We are hindered. Sometimes we are overcome, even ruled and directed by such things. This concerns our being as it relates to living a corporate life in the kingdom. And all of these matters that were just addressed through Brother Lee's speaking are actually present with all of us all the time. We're all the same in this matter. No one is superior. No one is inferior. We all have these struggles in various forms. So let us, even now, be like little children to humble ourselves before the Lord and to listen to him, and to learn from him how to be one with him in living the corporate kingdom life in relation to one another. Well, Ron, specifically in this next section, we're going to look at the matter of pride. And as we mentioned at the very beginning of the program, this is really depicted by this story. Let's look at the story in its complete context here at the very beginning of Matthew chapter 18, Verses 1 through 4. In that hour, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of the heavens? And he called a little child to him and stood him in their midst and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like little children, you shall by no means enter into the kingdom of the heavens. He therefore who will humble himself like this little child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of the of the heavens. Let's go back to Witness Lee. In the kingdom life, the proper humility is required. In principle, all the kingdom people have to be little children. This is humility. If we are not humble, we would be either offended or offending. If I'm not proud, I could never be stumbled. Why I can be stumbled? Just because I am proud. My the little children, once in a while, they got stumbled or offended. After 20 seconds, everything was over. But we, the adults, once we got offended, we got stumbled. Why? Because we are 
proud. We are proud. Our stumbling to others also comes from our pride. Here, according to the word, it is a serious thing to be stumbled. And it's also a serious thing to stumble others. So the Lord warns us that we have to deal with this matter seriously. Behind the foot and the eye, if all these would become a kind of a stumbling matter, you have to deal with them seriously. Otherwise, you would not be a good one in the proper kingdom life. To be in the proper kingdom life, we need to be humble. In the eyes of the Father, regardless how little we are, we are still so loving to him. He cares for us. He doesn't like to see anyone stumbled. This is the uh, very significance given in this portion of the word. The Father cares for all the little ones. Yet, we are so easy to offend them. We need to be humble. Humility will be a rescue. Humility here is required to be our salvation. Ron, I think this light is very penetrating. Let's talk about this matter of pride for a minute. Of course, the Lord Jesus uses the little children here to make the point to the disciples, but this is a huge problem in the church, the body of Christ. We just heard that pride or the lack of humility is the cause of nearly all stumbling. Is this your experience and observation in the church life? Yes, to both aspects of your question. That without going into detail, I can say, this is my experience, this is my understanding of my own need, of my own situation as a believer. And surely I have observed for decades now how this impacts the church life, how it affects relationships. We have to be reminded, or if we've never been aware of this, pride is really the sin. It's really the sin of Satan repeated in fallen human beings. When he was an archangel, he was not content with where he was. He wanted to be higher. He was the highest already among those kind of beings. He wanted to be equal with God. He wanted to be superior to others. Well, consider in this light the question the disciples asked. Who will be the greatest in the kingdom? The thought about being great or greater or the greatest exposes pride. And the Lord indicates that the issue is pride when he speaks of humbling ourselves. Why would he use the verb humble? It's in contrast to pride. We need to humble ourselves and be like little children. So 
So even to think, then more to speak, and even more to act on the desire of being great, then of being greater. Then now we enter into rivalry and competition with others. It's horrible. And if they receive something we don't, we're jealous. If we receive something others don't receive, perhaps we're proud. This is a serious disease, and it underlines all the other matters, whether it's lust, the refusal to forgive, the desire for riches. All of these matters have their root in the sin, satanic pride. And it's not too much to say the element of satanic pride has been injected as sin into our being. We desperately need the Lord's light, his redemption, and his organic salvation in life to be delivered from this and to be one with him and take him as our humility, our genuineness, and no longer even have the thought of being great, much less greater, even more less the greatest. Thanks, Ron. A little bit later in the chapter, there's an account that is critically important that's going to show us not only something about the kingdom, but also in the church age that we're now in, how we can go on practically. Let me just read this account, starting in verse 15 and going through verse 18. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go, reprove him between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to hear the church also, let him be to you just like the Gentile and the tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Here, it also says sometimes we have to exercise our kingdom authority. We have to. Today, because the church is so awake and the church doesn't realize how much the church has to exercise the kingdom authority. Here is a brother offending firstly, then rebelling secondly. You know, he offends you. That's offending. Eventually, he will not listen to you. He will not listen to another two. Eventually, he even will not listen to the church. Up to this point, he becomes rebelling. Not offending, but rebelling. As he rebels against the church, so the church has to exercise the authority. To bind and also to lose. To bind when he is rebelling. To lose when he repents. To lose means to forgive. Because this offending one would not repent, would not listen to the church, rather it is a kind of rebellion to the church. So the church has to exercise the kingdom authority to bind this man. 
to burn this one until he would repent. When she repents, then the church would exercise the kingdom authority to lose, to forgive, to bring him back into the church fellowship. All these should be done in the presence of the Lord. If the church doesn't have the presence, yet you practice this kind of authority, it doesn't work. So we need the Lord's presence. By the context, we could realize the reality of the church is the Lord's presence. And this reality with the Lord's presence is the authority of the church. So the church must be sure that the church has the presence of the Lord as its reality. Otherwise, no real authority. The real authority of the church is the Lord's presence. If you don't listen to the church, that means you rebel against the Lord's presence. And this gives the church the very ground to exercise the authority in the presence of the Lord over any kind of a rebellious situation. Now, let me check with you. What is the basic factor that causes all the troubles? Pride. Why after you, will you come to me with love, yet I wouldn't listen to you? Why you bring another Jew, still I would not listen to you? Why in the church, I would not listen? Rather, I would rebel against the church. Why? Because I have a gopher within me. And the name of that gopher is pride. So we have to give some drug to this gopher, to kill this gopher, to kill the pride. Oh, the Lord has mercy upon us. It's not so easy. It sounds, this message is not too great, right? It's very small. But I tell you, many, many times, on a big machine, this small screws really is important. If you don't have this small screw, I tell you, the big uh, parts will be disconnected. We need this small screw. Oh, let's kill the uh, gopher of pride. Amen. Let us humble ourselves and let us all the time listen to church and submit ourselves to the church. Ron, let's stop right here and talk about what Witness Lee just said, that this authority is altogether connected to the Lord's presence. This puts rebellion against the authority of the church in quite a different light, doesn't it? It does. And let's link this to our last segment of fellowship, to pride. A believer comes to another believer seeking reconciliation, restoration. The one who's at fault is too proud to listen. Then two or three come, still too proud. Then the matter is brought to the church that is brought to the leading ones in the church, the elders. And this one, due to pride, refuses to listen to the church. 
such a one is not excommunicated, but in practicality is behaving like an unbeliever and cannot be in the fellowship of the church, which is the practicality of the kingdom. Then in this context you have two or three being gathered together into the Lord's name. And they are living in the reality of the kingdom, in the Lord's presence, under his authority, and they are burdened about this situation. And they realize that as those that are in the reality of the kingdom, under the authority of the kingly rule of Christ, they can exercise the keys to bind what the heavens have bound, to release or loose what the heavens have released or loosed. This is an exercise of authority. But none of us, whether it's in twos or threes or a larger number, can simply come together and do this. We must be first in the Lord's name. We're gathered into the Lord's name. That means we are out of from ourselves. We're not there in our own opinions, our own views, feelings, intentions. Rather, we are one with the Lord. The name refers to his person. The reality of his person in our experience is the Spirit. We're in the Spirit. And then we have his presence. And only when we have his presence and are in his name and are in harmony and are under the Lord's authority, only then can we exercise the authority of the kingdom to deal with a particular situation. Thanks, Ron. And I'm thankful also for this matter of the Lord's presence that is imparted and contained on earth within the church. We'd like to recommend that our listeners contact us for the printed materials that supplement our program where these other matters are covered in more detail. And of course, we're going to be on this topic for the next few days, so please stay with us in the days ahead. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send an email to radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Matt Miller. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 
Life Study. Thanks for listening today.